Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. Let your word shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated if you can. I'm going to pick up where we left off uh, Wednesday. I hope you enjoyed, by the way, uh, Brother Ivan Tate on Sunday morning. This brother has a way of like, like hitting you where you need it. But somehow you're smiling when you receive it. I don't know. It's beautiful. But last week, I started on a topic. Uh, it's probably going to turn into a series, but I don't know that I'm a series minister as much as I am a topical teacher. You know, I don't want to give you an encouraging word every week that, that, that doesn't help you through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the rest of the week. I don't want you to just walk out of here and go, that was fun. I want you to walk out of here and say, I'm different. I want you to walk out of here and say, I know something that I didn't know. I am, I am changed by the word of the living God. The Bible says that we ought to be washed by the washing of the word of the living God. You know, there was a guy in the Bible named David. Everybody say David. David, David he was a shepherd boy. And the Bible says that he was going to be the next king of Israel. And he wasn't even invited to his anointing service. Some of you guys weren't even invited to your own anointing service. Some of you guys, the, the, the people, whoever it was, or the enemy himself, had thought that if I don't invite them, I can stop them. But I have found that God will not let your oil flow for someone else. So the Bible says that when, when David wasn't invited, that Samuel decided to make sure that David was brought there. So David uh, came and he was anointed the next king of Israel. And then the Bible says that, that David walked out onto a battlefield one day and he was going to fight Goliath, but he didn't fight Goliath with what man thought he should fight Goliath with. The Bible says that he took a sling and a stone, but the scripture says it wasn't any, it wasn't just any kind of stone. It was a smooth stone. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've, I've been buying a lot of rocks and stones lately. I got all kind of different projects going on. Matter of fact, I was at a rock yard today. I've looked and weighed and carried and, and turned around more rocks than you can shake a stick at. But what I have found is smooth stones are created because over time, water runs over them and it knocks all the rough edges off. Not only does a smooth stone not have rough edges, but the reason David would want a smooth stone is because a smooth stone you can be accurate with. The reason a baseball is round is because when it is spinning, it is moving in a direction that can be predicted. A baseball is not some oblong weird shape because all of a sudden it becomes unpredictable when it is tumbling. But while it is spinning, it is still the same shape. See, a smooth stone is necessary so that you can use its ballistic integrity and its ballistic predictability to do something with it based off the fact that you know it's not going to act different than it acted before. 
If the water of the word has not knocked your rough edges off, you are unpredictable. Nobody knows how you're going to react. Oh God, don't say that in front of them. Oh my goodness gracious. You walk in and you're, you, you're one way when, when things are going good and you're another way when things are going bad. And you're radically unpredictable. And it's not because life is not unpredictable. It's because you haven't let the water of the Word knock the rough edges off. Well, the difference between a smooth stone and a stone that has not been washed by the water of the Word is a smooth stone gets put in the shepherd's hand for use and another stone has to wait until the water has knocked more edges off of it. So if you want to be used by God, the first question you have to ask yourself is, what rough edges am I refusing to let the water of the word not knock off? Uh, what, am I, what rough edges am I refusing to let the water of the word not knock off of me? This is, this is the God-centered lifestyle, and I'm calling it kingdom culture. In the body of Christ, if you want to be a part of this kingdom, you first have to understand kingdom. Kingdom is not a democracy. Kingdom is the king's domain. So you don't get to drag your culture into the kingdom. You take on the culture of the kingdom that you have been invited into by the blood of the Lord, by the blood of the Lamb. So if you are dragging your culture into the kingdom, let me just give you some things that it sounds like. When you drag, when you drag your own culture into the kingdom, it starts to sound like this. I mean, I forgive them and all, but. You drag your own, you drag your own culture into the kingdom, you start saying, you know, I do think we ought to all, you know, worship God together, but I don't want to worship God with those kind of people. You have drug a separatist mentality and culture into the kingdom and the flow of the anointing will be stopped and stayed in your life because instead of changing, you have sought to change the culture of the kingdom. Jesus did not come to fit into the culture. He came to offer a better, a better culture. So when you come to the body of Christ, you don't get to say, well, I just don't think we need to be baptized. Well, who are you, Cletus? <laughs> when you come into the kingdom, now, you know, don't, 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 don't get your toes hurt on this. You don't get to say, I don't think we should tithe and offer. It's not your kingdom. You, you don't, when you come into the kingdom, you don't get to say, well, I'm not into the whole forgiveness thing. I just have to tell you, if you don't forgive, the Bible says you won't be forgiven. So you go dragging the world's culture into this kingdom. Not only will it stop and stay the anointing and the oil on your life, you will live your life frustrated and everybody around you will frustrate you. And the truth of it is, is they will be hitting on the edges of you, the rock that has not been hewn by the water long enough. So instead, you'll blame everybody around you. And the truth is, is you just have too many rough edges. So instead of dragging, instead of dragging your flesh into the kingdom and saying, this is where you die, flesh. You are trying to drag your culture into the kingdom. 
And you, you're very thankful in the beginning whenever you first begin to serve God and things begin to change and life begins to change for you and you're so happy that Jesus saved you and everybody around you is wonderful. But sooner or later, you start getting a religious mentality and now instead of wanting to continue to change, you want to change everybody around you or you want to change the idea of everybody around you. So instead of spending the day looking in the mirror at how you can change, you spend the day looking for specks in other people's eyes. Because this kingdom is very different than society. It's very different than the world. So if you're going to be a part of this kingdom and you want to actually flow in it, you have to understand you don't get the, you don't have, I, 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 I thought about how to say this exactly and I don't know if I can say it differently. You don't have the legal right to change this kingdom. You have a legal obligation based off the fact that you don't belong to you anymore. You have the legal obligation to get in line with the kingdom of Almighty God. And the minute that you decide to do that, all of a sudden, now you no longer can be offended. Well, what do you think about that? I don't know. I didn't feel it. Well, how did you not feel it? Well, I guess I'm just too smooth. It's very different when you're smooth. It's a different experience. Stuff starts to flow over you and past you and you don't even recognize it. And everybody else is saying, can you believe they did that? And you're like, great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. All I have needed, your hands have provided great is thy faithfulness, O God, to me. Now, what were you saying about somebody offending me? Because instead of everything being something to catch on with you, I can't believe they said that to me. Can you believe they did that to me? Can you believe, here's one, this is where you really feel righteous. Can you believe they did that to them? Here's what my pastor told me. Well, I'll tell you later. It shifts in you when the water of the word makes you unoffendable. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like you start feeling really bad for people who live offended. And the minute you start getting free in this area, it's a lot easier to see how locked up you really were. Because if you live in a fence and then you get free, you start going, why did I blame everybody around me for my problems? That's really what offense is. It's blaming somebody else for your problem. So the culture of the kingdom doesn't give you the right to come in and try to manipulate it. You use the Bible to find out what his culture is and then you evolve and let that water wash over you until you are now smooth and therefore the things that used to stick on you and used to slow you down and used to cause problems in your life, you literally don't even recognize them anymore. This will change everything. Last Wednesday, we talked about love being one of the primary, if not the primary facet of the kingdom and the kingdom culture. Today, I want to talk to you about the kingdom culture of dialect. Everybody say dialect. dialect. 
I know I'm from East Texas, but I do have a dictionary. Dialect is how you sound. I don't have to tell many people I'm from the South. When I travel, they go, are you from Georgia? I say, shut your mouth. Georgia, do I look like a peach? I said, well, where are you from? Miss it. I said, don't you say it. Don't you even almost say it. But you can tell where somebody is from. When you speak Spanish, there's a word, it's only two letters, D-E. It means from or of. It's interchanged with from and of. How you talk verifies where you are from or what you are of. And in this kingdom, the dialect is radically different from the world. And it is one of the first things you can do to change your influence and your impact on people around you. The only thing it will cost you is every single thing you've ever imagined. It will cost you at some point friends. It will cost you some relationships. It will cost you... It will make some things awkward from time to time. But I, I, I knew a pastor, his name was Pastor Gerald Hilly. He's a phenomenal man of God and minister. And he would say like this, I would rather have wildfire than no fire. And one of the things about your dialect is, because, you know, in the body of Christ, like who, who in here is a charismatic? Anybody a charismatic? Who in here? Okay, I'll give you a different definition. Who in here believes in the baptism of the Holy Ghost? There's some stuff about that that from the world standard is weird as a three-headed duck. If you've never heard somebody or especially like a whole room of people speaking in tongues and you walk in, it can be unusual. It can be very unique. But the concept of I would rather have wildfire, fire that may not be able to easily be explained all the time then I would have no fire. I lean in that direction. So in your dialect, there must be a significant attempt to change how you talk and how you sound to get involved, to have your words be involved with the culture of the kingdom of Almighty God instead of sounding like the world you are in, but rather, uh, and not sounding like the kingdom you are of. So in the body of Christ, if you're going to be a Christian, a Christ one, if you're going to be one that, that moves the needle forward while you're here, you're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to change how you talk. Mark chapter 11 says, you can say to the mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and not doubt in your heart and you will have whatsoever you say. There is an element of power tied to your mouth that can only be experienced. It cannot be explained. 
Because when the mountain is there and you're speaking to it, it does not do wonders for your flesh. Your flesh will try to talk you out of saying it. Your flesh will try to talk you into calling in your annual sinus infection in March and April. Instead of saying, I'm healed by the stripes on Jesus' back and any symptom is trespassing on the literal walking around, on a literal walking around member of the body of Christ. Now, all of that sounds crazy to the world. One trans, you, you could even interchange a word crazy for sounds very peculiar. But if you decide that you have a better plan than Jesus did with regards to how to win the world and to emulate the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven here, you have placed yourself in a legal position that you do not have a right to sit in. So when you get born again and you follow after the things of God, your seeking should be to find out what is kingdom culture so that I can actually change the areas that I need to change and become more like Jesus instead of just liking Jesus. So you change how you talk. One area is you don't, you, you don't speak to God constantly about your problem without actually taking the time to talk to your problem. Nothing wrong with talking to the Lord, but the Bible says He knows your needs before you share them with Him. Everybody say kingdom. kingdom. On planet earth, the Bible says that God formed, or, or before the earth was even formed, He formed everything with the spoken word. Then He formed mankind out of the earth. He formed Adam out of the dust of the earth. One translation indicates that He put His shadow over the ground and formed Adam up, stood him, and then the Bible says He breathed the breath of life in him and He became a living soul. All this is happening in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter number 2. The Bible says that He gave man, He gave Adam, dominion and authority on planet earth. And when Adam had dominion and authority on planet earth, God never called another thing into existence. Genesis 1, he called everything into existence. Genesis 2, he hands the reins over to mankind. And the Bible says that when the animals were being named, that God himself sat back and watched to see what Adam would name them. Because authority was given over to mankind. God would fix earth before breakfast if he was running it the way he ran it in Genesis 1. But humanity is what has dominion and authority here. The Bible says God is spirit. Everybody say spirit. The Bible doesn't say that spirit has dominion and authority here. It says man has dominion and authority here. That's why every evil spirit seeks to possess a human because they can't do anything outside of a human body because a human body is what has dominion and authority here. It's the exact same thing with the Holy Spirit. Evil spirits seek to possess and control, but the Holy Spirit seeks to fill and empower. 
And when you, a piece of earth walking around, remember from dust you were formed and from dust you will return, a piece of earth walking around with God in it puts you in the exact same condition that Adam was in in Genesis chapter number 2 when all dominion and authority was handed over to him. Therefore, when you say something, the earth and everything that's ever been created doesn't just hear it like you hear it. They hear the everything that was created hears what you said and understands all power, all dominion, and all authority was handed over to man. And when you get the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and you begin to align your dialect and what comes out of your mouth with the Word of God, it is impossible for the evil spirits and the evil things of this world to be able to discern the difference between when God Himself speaks or when one of His children speaks. When I was growing up, my parents had different businesses. It, it, the entrepreneurial bug kind of got deep in us, and we we literally just did just about every different thing you could imagine. But sometimes my dad would send me on different jobs and projects, and he would say, when you get there, I want you to tell them to do this. And if I walked up and said it, it wasn't just that I said it, it's because they understood it was the son of the owner who was telling them to do it. It wasn't the fact that a 13-year-old had information, it was the fact that the 13-year-old was a representative of the one who owned it. You and me are people, you and I are formed in the image and likeness of God, but when you speak, what happens in the atmosphere is everything is not just hearing your voice, as lovely as it is, everything is hearing a child of the Most High God that owns everything that is, was, and will be. So you got to change your dialect to sound like your father. You gotta change how you talk in this kingdom. You can't, you can't, let let me tell you something that snuck into the church. It happened in the 70s and 80s. The idea was this. I don't want to be too godly that I'm of no earthly good. I don't want to be too churchy. The church is Jesus' wife. The idea of being too churchy would say, I don't want to be too much like Jesus' bride. So we started trying to look and sound like the world. And where did it get us? Where church services became just as spiritual as rock concerts. And I'm not saying we ought not go all out. You will never find a church that puts more passion into worship than New Heights Church. But at the exact same time, if we don't have the anointing, we don't have a thing. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, we got nothing. I don't want to entertain you. I don't want to be entertained. I want to know that God himself is in the room. And if he's not, what are we even doing? So you got to change how you talk. You can't, you can't, God is not a light switch. You can't be a racist out there and act like you love people in here. You can't talk some kind of way out there and then act like everything's going to be hunky-dory here. You may feel God in here. You're feeling the residue of the people who are worshiping Him in spirit and truth. It's no different than sitting in the splash zone at Shamu's pool. You are wet, but you are not swimming. I'm talking about changing your dialect. Your whole life just, just revolutionized from the top to the bottom. Where everything shifts, you begin to understand this kingdom is not a kingdom where people don't have to suffer some violence. 
We don't just stay there. We take things by force. And one of the first things you got to get good at taking is you got to take authority over your doggone flesh. You'll convince yourself of anything. They did me wrong. They said this. They didn't say this. Why didn't they say hello to me? Why did they say hello to me? Anything in the bucket will offend you if you're not washed by the water of the word and change what comes out of your mouth. There is nothing short of radical conversion that is anywhere acceptable. That is anything, there's nothing short of radical conversion that is anything close to acceptable in the body of Christ. Radical conversion. And you're never too young and you are never too old. There ought to be a difference between a sinner and a saint. Or else how will they know that our God reigns? If you sound like them and you talk like them and you do like them and you backbite like them and you gossip like them and you make a freaking excuse for it. Jake, can I say freaking in church? That's two times. Can we bleep it? Is that a thing? I'm talking about having your life changed. Because this kingdom is different. And there's a dying world. There is a dying world that needs to see that freedom is possible. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about getting pushed around the rest of your life. There's places for different things. But I am talking about absolute commitment to crucifying your flesh. Absolute commitment. Absolute commitment to changing. This kingdom, it, who in here, like, like most Christians say like this, if they know anything about the Bible, they always say like this. If somebody says like this, you will immediately when I say this, you'll be like, oh yeah, I, you, you've, you've probably said it, but you've definitely heard somebody say it. Boy, I can really relate to Peter. Boy, I can really relate to David. Do you know why you can relate to Peter and David? Because they're people. Like you're going to get to heaven and you're going to find out they weren't mythological creatures. They were human beings in the path of change. And the reason that God said, David is after my heart is because David never found out about an area that needed to change and then say, God, it's your fault. He said, whoa, I had no idea. I'll change right now. Peter was a fussing, cussing fisherman. But we just watch him change and change and change and change. And we all like to sit there and go, I can relate to Peter because I've screwed up. And I can relate to Peter because I've screwed up. But if that's all you see of Peter, you miss the most beautiful part of the story. This brother was committed to change. David prayed these, these radical prayers place in me a new heart because this kingdom's culture is not optional you, you can go your whole life living wet and think you're in the water 
And the reality is, is you're just living in the splash zone of others that are earnest. I get so sick of people prostituting our sounds and our songs. Sounds and moves that are birthed in holiness and righteousness and a flow of the Holy Spirit. And then they want to use it like a CD player. Play, pause, play, pause, play, pause, play, pause. And they don't realize that it takes a lifestyle to have that moment. We've had moments in this church that are so radical, only a fool would think that God was not present. But they're not birthed because the lights are on or the keyboard works. They're birthed in, in hours and time and effort of preparation and prayer. And not just me and not just the team. Anybody that walks in this building has a role to play on how God will actually move. So if you talk all kind of ways. Oh, here comes my sinus infection. I'll probably get it too. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my knee's probably going to go out before I'm 50. My knee's probably going to go out before I'm 172. Oh, my gosh. All these things are going on. And then you walk in here and you'd be like, Yep, by stripes I'm healed. That's not what you said. And you have what you say. If you want to be a part of this kingdom and experience this kingdom, it takes a dialect change. People need to, to hear that doesn't sound normal. And it will create these awkward little moments. I was at a doctor not long ago because I had, I had to go to a neurologist. Not for my brain. For a nerve. And a guy told, I said, uh, I had, I had, I had, a, I had a, I'll just say it. I had a medial nerve punctured. Sounds fun, huh? It literally was 10 out of 10 on a scale of, you know, pain. Oh, somebody's been there. I mean, it's radical. Radical. So I talked to one doctor. Very nice. So I've never seen this before. I said, well, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you for the help. I want to talk to somebody who's seen this like a hundred times. You can tell me what's going on. So I got this appointment with the neurologist. I said, man, I need to talk to somebody. Yeah, so I sit there. He goes, he goes, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I said, well, what's, what's like the healing time on this? He said, oh, man, it's hard to say. You know, it's messing with my arm. He goes, probably nine months. I said, the devil is a liar. He's like, is the devil here? I said, I said, nine months. I said, people grow babies in nine months. I can grow a nerve in nine days. Don't give me that nine months. He goes, he goes, I'm just telling that's about how it works. I said, well, I'm going to heal a lot faster than that. He said, what? I said, oh, I'm a believer. You're a believer? I said, yeah. He said, your medial nerve was punctured. I said, God's going to heal it. It, 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 and I'm not mad at him I want him to tell me exactly what he told me but just because that's what other people do I'm in this world I am not of this world give me all the facts so I know them so I can put the truth on it 
give me all the data because I don't want to be ignorant. Come on, somebody. Give me all the info. Give me all the facts. But do not think that your facts add up to the truth. So what happens is it creates these little awkward moments. That was a Tuesday. God miraculously healed my nerve that Wednesday night. Miraculously. I'm telling you, couldn't open a car door, couldn't carry a briefcase. It was, it was, it, it radically was affecting my life. And God miraculously healed it. And now, if I'd have said something different, do I think God would have healed it? I'll be honest with you. I think the healing was already sitting there. I just don't think it would have manifested if I would have agreed with the, if I'd have agreed with something else. I try, and again, it's not about me. I'm just telling you, you gotta develop a different dialect. I'm trying to agree with the report of the Lord. I want all the information. God bless all doctors. There is no other profession where you take the Hippocratic Oath, where you literally make the uh, uh, an oath to not hurt people and help them. I love medicine. I love modern medicine. I think it's wonderful. But I think the great physician is able. So if you're going to be a part of this kingdom, you can't drag how you used to talk into the kingdom and then have all the kingdom benefits. There's a movement, uh, there's a movement out there, it's been out there since the 50s and 60s, I believe, called the Word of Faith Movement. Many people are hostile to it, many people support it. But I can't think of anything more appropriate to be called than somebody that is of Word of Faith. I don't want to be Word of Doubt. I don't want to be Word of Unbelief. I want to be Word of Faith. So if you what you say doesn't sound like faith, then stop saying it. You remember what your mom told you? If you don't know, if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. It'd be better for you to shut your mouth than it would for you to agree with the devil. Because God's not calling anything else into existence. He's calling people into positions and expecting them to say what he said. So when you start sounding like the kingdom, the kingdom responds. The spiritual realm is all around you. Waiting to hear. The scripture says it like this. Waiting on the manifestation or the revealing of the sons of God. And how are you revealed? By what comes out of your mouth. Because when you're a Christian, your skin tone doesn't change. When you're, a, when you're a Christian, your complexion doesn't change. When you're a Christian, your, your outward features don't typically change. So there's going to have to be something about your culture that verifies that you are of a different kingdom. The first one, if you didn't hear it last night, go back and listen. If you didn't hear it last Wednesday, go back and pull that message up on love. Because it's probably not what you think. But then secondly, you got to change how you talk. We don't, we don't just call what we see. We call things that are not as if they already were. Here's one for anybody believe in God for a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. Start thanking God that they are serving him every day of their life. So you're calling what is not 
as if it already was. This is what God did. Let there be light. There wasn't light till he said it. Because the dialect of this kingdom is not like the dialect of this world. Last thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say, because I just sense it in my spirit real strong. Stop bringing Dr. Phil and Oprah's philosophies into the kingdom. Or whoever the, the, you know, what's that other? Oz. Dr. Oz. They may be, I don't know, maybe they love God. I don't know. But listen, stop putting what sounded good in places that only the Word of God should be. Because sooner or later, somebody will enunciate something better than you could have. So you will just assume that must be correct. And you'll start elongating things that do not need to be elongated. Most people don't need counseling. Most people need repentance. Because if you would have repented, you wouldn't need counseling. And repentance means to turn away from a thing. But most people want to get talked into repentance instead of just picking up the culture of the kingdom. They want to get personally convinced that they need to repent instead of picking up the word of God where it says it and running with it. Because we all have this little thing on the inside of us that says it should be said specifically to me. I know I heard it when it was said publicly, but it should be said specifically to me. And we want 17 signs before we're willing to do what God says. When the man of God, that we have a great example of a sign, was willing to take off running when he saw a cloud that was as big as a man's hand. Because a sign in your life will always be big enough to see and small enough to miss. If you want to ignore it. So you change your dialect. You change how you talk. And if, if you if you begin to change how you talk around different people and, and and it keeps coming back to that same place and people keep trying to drag you back to that same pit and that same despair, you might need to delay that relationship for a season. You might need to put that relationship on hold. It might not be forever, but it might be for now. Because your destiny and your children's destiny is worth more than a social friendship. Even if it's the social element of relationship with an actual uh, family member. I'm not talking about in your house. You guys got to get an agreement on that. But that extended family, you don't need the social element of that extended family more than you need your kids' destiny to come to pass in the things of God. And so if the dialect of your household is being disrupted by somebody who keeps coming into your household, you need to have a, a strong conversation that says, I love you, I want you here, but you can't talk like that in my house. Now, at Kroger, at the, at the store, at the mall, you got nothing to say about that. But in your home, you can, you can, you can, you know, you can drive a stake in the ground and say, this is how we're going to talk here. Does this make sense? I walked in my house. We had some remodeling going on. I walked in my house. This guy's working on, on my stairs. And he, he sticks his head up and blows a mouthful of smoke out. In my house. I said, are you smoking in my house? Now, again, I don't care if somebody smokes. 
He goes, he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm vaping. I said, well, you're never going to step foot in my house again if you ever do that again. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. I said, no, I don't think you understand. I said, I got three kids. I said, they live in this house. We ask God to move in this house. The only smoke that I'm expecting is incense of praise and worship going up to our God. And I don't want my little kids seeing you doing something cool, Mr. Construction Man, and then blowing smoke everywhere as if you're cool. Now, my kids would probably win him to God faster than I could. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry, sir. I said, well, why are you acting like a kid anyway? He said, sir? I said, why are you acting like a kid? You're a grown man. I said, when's the last time you prayed? He said, it's been too long. I said, why don't you do what your mom says? Hadn't your mom been telling you to go to church? My grandma. I said, I knew it was somebody. Now, I'm not telling you to do it all the time, but when you hear from the Holy Ghost, you ought to run with it. I'm standing in my house. He's the one that blew smoke in my house. You blow smoke in my house, the fire of God's going to show up. I said, I said, you can't just be doing this anywhere you go. I said, what are you doing? Is he showing up late? I said, you're halfway here when you're here? Talking about this, talking about that? I said, what are you doing with yourself? Well, I'm trying to get myself in order and then I'm going to get, then I'm going to start going to church again. I said, that's crazy. I said, that's like a fish trying to clean itself before it gets in the boat. That's like trying to fillet a bass on the line. You put the thing in the boat, then you clean the fish. I said, God wants to help you with everything you're talking about. And it's the devil that's trying to stop you from getting to the house of God. Because the house of God is supposed to be a hospital for people that are hurting just like you and just like me. He said, are you serious? I said, do I look serious? He goes, you really do. I said, well, I'm serious like all the time. I said, but God's got a plan for your life. I said, I said, he really does. I said, you can't just be living all kind of way. So he wants to change. He wants to set you free. Can I come to your church? I said, no. That's not what I said. I said, of course you can. I said, check it out online. Come see us. And I don't mean anything bad about it. Fine young man. We had a great conversation. But it gets real in a hurry when you tell the truth. So everybody is hearing all these ticky-tacky halfway truths all day, every day. I'll never forget. And I sense the Holy Ghost right now. I'll never forget when I was about 19 years old. And somebody just looked me in my face and told me the truth. Because in that moment, the decision was on me. I could ignore it and continue down the path of probably going to go to heaven. But not doing anything for heaven while I'm here. Or I could change. And I remember the first 30 or 40 days change was very very difficult not because I didn't want to but my habits were so contrary to kingdom habits that I had to think about not sounding like the world and not talking like the world and not being like the world and abstaining from this and doing that I had to think about it and then something happened as I got just neck deep in the word of the living God that the water of the word just started washing off all of these rough edges 
And I know what you're thinking. You still seem to have some rough edges. But the Word of God began to wash these things off. And one by one, all of my have-tos and ought-tos transformed into want-tos. I wanted to be more like Him. I wanted to follow Him better. It hurt me to think I might be hurting Him. Things can change when you change how you talk. And you change for the culture of the kingdom. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.